Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. I pray right now that your life is just beginning to go smoothly and that somehow in the midst of all the excitement going on that God's uh, pouring out his peace upon you. And I pray that whatever your endeavors are right now, that they're succeeding. And if there's any wisdom that you need to have, that God's giving you that wisdom. Thank you again so much for joining me for the podcast. I just want to remind you that you can go at any time to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and there you'll find um, a whole list of resources and upcoming schedules. Uh, I've been in five great cities over the last seven weeks and uh, it's just been tremendous to watch how uh, churches and organizations are rebounding and how that they are beginning to regain the cutting edge within their communities in particular domains. And I will be in about another five in the uh, next eight weeks. And so would encourage you, if you have a chance, I'd love to get to see you and say hi to you. That being said, the resources are there of the books, of the flash drives, of all the lessons that I've done. Uh, Just take a peek at that. Hey, today, I want to talk to you about part one of the don'ts of problem solving. The don'ts of problem solving. The things that you do not do when it comes to resolving and solving a problem. Biblically, let me just uh, set this up from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Very familiar verse of scripture. It says, We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Now, I don't know about you, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of positive in that verse. I get it that it says that we've been knocked down, but we're not knocked out. But I just want to tell you that uh, being knocked down isn't any fun, even if you're not knocked out. And having trouble on every side, uh, that doesn't sound like a great day. Uh, Being perplexed, not sure what to do, but yet you're not in total despair. Persecuted people are against you, but there's a few people who stick with you. Uh, What I want to say to you is that Paul is encapsulizing the average day of most leaders' lives. And the average day of most leaders' lives involves problem solving. You're going to have to solve problems of all types, of all kinds, of all shapes, and all sizes. So let me just start uh, with three things. As a leader, you will deal with problems. That's what Paul was saying. If you're going to lead at any level, you're going to deal with problems. In fact, what I can tell you is, is a sub point to that is the higher you go in leadership, the more problems you get to deal with. The next thought is you'll deal with your problems and you will deal with others. It's amazing how many people will hand off their problem to you if you're a leader. They'll say, hey, here is my problem. And so as a leader, you'll deal with your problems. Uh, You will deal with yours and others. And how you deal, number three, with problems is what defines you. So three basic thoughts. As a leader, you'll deal with problems. You will deal with your problems and other problems, and how you deal with problems will define you. So under the will define you, let's talk about it this way. When it comes to people problems, can you love them? 
when it comes to pressure problems, can you survive them? And when it comes to outward problems, can you solve them? So three things there. People, can you love them? Pressures, can you survive them? Problems, can you solve them? Let me just uh, walk you through some of the don'ts of problem solving. The first don't is this. Don't solve one problem by creating another. Don't solve one problem by creating another. It's interesting that there is a, a term that is used in society. And it is really taken from the church because the church epitomizes this don't of don't solve one problem by creating another problem. And the term is this, don't rob Peter to pay Paul. Don't rob Peter to pay Paul. We all know what that means. Just because you're moving the problem from one place to the next, you haven't solved the problem. All you've done is created a new problem. You know, uh, as a minister, I've always had this concept that what is true about medicine should be true in ministry, and that is do no harm. If you are going to solve a problem, do it in a way that it doesn't create more harm. So in churches, here's one of the common ways it happens. A church has raised money, let's say, for a new air conditioning system. They've asked people to give above and beyond their giving. Can you give so that when we do church services, we want to preach on hell, but we don't want the sanctuary to feel like we're in hell? People have given money towards that, knowing that you're accumulating it to do the repairs and the reconstruct that needs to be done. But then all of a sudden, a financial crunch happens, and the general budget goes down, and you don't have the ability to pay some of the general budget bills. So what has happened in the past is pastors have taken the designated money and have used it for general fund monies. Now, there's a couple of things about that. One, depending on how you raise that uh, designated money, that could be illegal. Secondly, if it's not communicated well, it could be irresponsible. Thirdly, all it does is promote another problem. And so that's one of the ways that you see that people solve a problem by creating another problem. So the first rule of problem solving is if I've got to solve a problem, I'm going to solve it to the best of my ability by not creating another problem. I'm not going to take a problem here and basically create the problem here. I'm going to make sure that in resolving the problem. Now, here's the thing about this. Usually the reason people find themselves solving a problem and creating a problem is because they're not willing to pay the price of what it's going to take to resolve the initial problem. So let's go back to the economic issue. 
Maybe that means making some economic decisions that are hard. Maybe that means that the pastor has to forego a paycheck. Maybe that means that there's some pet projects that need to be put on the back shelf. It's easier always to ignore the price of the problem rather than pay the price so that you get the problem behind you. So first skill, skill, don't solve one problem by creating another. Second one, don't solve a short-term problem by creating a long-term problem. Don't solve a short-term problem by creating a long-term problem. Now, in churches, this happens all the time. And again, that's my background. If you're in business, you can construct this and illustrate it according to whatever the language and the context is that you're used to. But all the time, you see people take a short-term problem and turn it into a long-term problem. So here's what happens. Someone says to the pastor, hey, wouldn't it be great if we have this ministry? Wouldn't it be great if we did this particular ministry? Well, when they say, wouldn't it be great if we did this ministry? Wouldn't it be great if we had this particular ministry? They're making a statement, but as they're making the statement, they're also giving an ultimatum. And that is, if you don't do this ministry, I may not stay here. I may not keep coming here. I may not work here. And so what they're doing is, is they're adding a little bit of pressure behind the scenes. And what happens with pastors is pastors say yes to things that they know they should say no to. They know that this ministry that someone's wanting to start isn't a ministry that reflects the vision of what they're trying to do. It doesn't reflect the reality on the ground of the volunteers that will be needed. And what happens is you end up saying yes to a ministry, but then down the road, this person who said they wanted this ministry, uh, that they needed this ministry, that they would oversee this ministry, comes to you and says, hey, let me just tell you this. Uh, I'm going to move on from the ministry. And now what happens is the very person who pressured you to do the ministry has now left and you have a long-term problem because you've created a ministry that now other people are dependent on and you don't have a leader to oversee it. You really don't have volunteers to sustain it. You don't have the income that's needed to support it. And therefore you have to live through it. Now it's this very reason and problem solving that most churches, their biggest problem isn't that they don't do enough. It is that they do too much. And that's why Jesus made it clear when it comes to problem solving. He says, you need to prune everything that doesn't bear fruit. And even things that are fruitful, you need to have the ability to cut those things off. So here it is. Don't create a problem for tomorrow because the problem for tomorrow could be greater than the problem that you have today. This is the common approach to programs. We don't want them, but we say yes to them because we want to make people happy. So number one, don't solve one problem by creating another one. Number two, don't solve a problem by creating a long-term problem. And number three, don't solve a problem by making it someone else's problem.
Now, I grew up in a military family, and let me tell you one of the the rules of the military. In every unit, there are bad apples. There are people that are not high performers. There are people who have toxic attitudes. There are people who just don't have an A game that's sufficient for where things are at a given moment. Now, the thing about that is this. If you begin to transfer your problem to another unit, what's going to happen is they're going to figure that out. That the way you solve your problems is by sending your problems to someone else. So what's going to happen in the military is that's going to get around and every other unit is going to transfer people out of their unit into your unit and you are going to be the unit with the most problems. Why? Because you don't transfer a problem out, you deal with it. And if you can't construct that problem where that person becomes a high performer, you have the tough conversations, you have the hard conversations, but you don't let that problem move forward to someone else. So that is critical that you understand. Don't solve a problem by making it someone else's problem where this person couldn't work in children's church. Why don't you go over to youth or they couldn't work in youth? Why don't you go over to the choir? Well, they couldn't work in the choir. Why don't you go over to the admin office? The simple matter of fact is if they're a problem in one place, they will be a problem in another place. You never transfer your problem to someone else. You never make your problem someone else's problem, you deal with it. And sometimes that is the brutal side of having the tough conversation and say, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work for you. It's not going to work for us. There's something else that you can do in life that is very, very meaningful, but this isn't what you can do in life right here. So first three problem solving skills. Don't solve one problem by creating other. Don't solve a short-term problem by creating a long-term problem. Number three, don't solve a problem by making it someone else's problem. And number four, don't solve problems by running. They will eventually catch up to you. Now, this is the one that's a little bit tricky because this has a lot to do with our attitudes, our actions. We understand that the Bible says in Galatians uh, chapter uh, 6, it says that God is not mocked. For he that sows to the flesh shall reap of the flesh, and he that sows to the Spirit shall reap of the Spirit. And what it's saying is eventually the harvest is going to come. That harvest can be good, that harvest can be bad, but eventually it's going to come. Now, the classic biblical example of someone who went on the run is, of course, Jonah. Jonah was given a mission from God. He was asked to do something for God. God doesn't always clear his plans with us. Sometimes his plans aren't something we want. Sometimes his plans aren't something we enjoy. Sometimes his plans aren't something that we look at and we say, hey, I want to do that. But here's the bottom line. We serve at the pleasure of the king. It's not our will, but your will be done. And so we're always positioning ourselves saying, God, we will do things that may be uncomfortable for us, even though they are best for the kingdom. And so you don't solve a problem by running. There are things that maybe you don't want to do. Maybe you don't feel like you can do. Maybe you don't feel like you're best to do. Maybe it's just you don't want to do. 
And let me just roll back to something I've said before. This is one of my problems with strength testing. Everyone says, well, you just got to lead with your strength. You just got to soar with your strength. All that is good and fine. But I've done ministry now for 43 years. I know two people who get to do everything they want and nothing else. And I've been around a whole lot of people. The bottom line is most people just get to be obedient. We get to be people with authority and people under authority. So Jonah didn't like the mission he was given, so he took off and he ran. Here's the thing about running. Eventually, when you avoid a problem, you end up having a bigger problem. So Jonah ended up having a bigger problem. Let me also give this observation. And that is, when we run for our problems, we create problems for others. So everyone on the ship that Jonah's on is going to have a problem, not because they had a problem, but because Jonah had a problem. Man, if you're a pastor, the exegetical thought in that is just insightful, that many times the problems that other people feel are not of their making, they're of someone else's making, because someone's running from their problem. Let me give you the natural illustration. Years ago, uh, they used to have this adage that when someone was highly allergic, they had all these allergies to pollen and to various things. In the olden days, what they used to say is, why don't you move out to the desert? Why don't you move out where there's not going to be a whole lot of plants? There's not going to be a whole lot of trees. There's not going to be a whole lot of pollen. Therefore, what's going to happen is you're going to be uh, free from all of the allergies, and that will really, really help you. Well, the place they used to send people to decades ago was Phoenix, Arizona. They would say, hey, move out to Phoenix, the weather out there, it's going to be hot at one point, but it's going to be pretty nice the rest of it. But because of the climate and its desert climate, you're not going to have the problem with allergy. And that was true. But they found out that over years, Phoenix ended up having one of the highest allergy uh, environments. And it was because when people would move from whatever area they would move from, they loved the plants that they used to have in that area. And they would bring some of them and they would plant them in their garden and they would plant them around their house. And what happened was they started pollinating an area that didn't have that pollen and it no longer was a place for people with allergies because they had basically taken their problems with them. They were running from it. But then they ended up creating it just in another place. So don't solve problems by running. They'll eventually catch up. Number five, don't solve problems with spiritual problems with natural solutions. Don't solve spiritual problems with natural solutions. I want you to get this. When it comes to problem resolution, you do not solve problems naturally with spiritual solutions. So when it comes to spiritual problems, you don't use natural solutions. Let me go back. I'm not doing a good job and make this make sense. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse 16 says, though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. Here's what we find out. A lot of people get worn out in life. And when they get worn out in life, here's what their thought is. I need a vacation. 
I need to get away from the day-to-day. I need to get away from the environment that I'm in. I need to get away from everything around me. So what they do is they take a two-week vacation. Some people take the sabbatical. They're out there. They're running out there. They're enjoying time. They're enjoying life. But here's the thing. Their problem's not natural. If you're spiritually exhausted, then it's not a vacation you need. It's renewal that you need. See, it's not time away that that's resolves a spiritual problem. It's not your time away from life. It's your time with God. So I want to get this right for you. The Bible says that the outward man, it decays. It's going to get tired. It's going to get worn out. But the inward man is renewed every day. If you just have the, the, the problem and look at it as one dimensional, you're going to miss it. So Jesus put it this way, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Now, he characterizes life with two things, labor, that's physical, heavy laden, that's responsibility. See, there's a lot of people that don't do uh, great physical jobs, but they carry great responsibility. And so what happens is this, it's not that they're tired because they've, they've labored outwardly. It's because of the responsibility they carry inwardly. And Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, and take my yoke upon you. And what does he say? He says, you'll find rest in your souls. He didn't talk about outwardly, he talked about inwardly. What he's saying is, is that a lot of times what's eating at people they perceive as an outward problem, but it's really an inward problem. And you can't resolve a spiritual problem with a natural solution. You can't take a spiritual issue and you can't resolve it with a natural solution. So when that said, I've watched people take vacations that were extended and they come back as worn out as ever. Why they took a vacation from life, they didn't take a vacation with God. They took a vacation from the problem they perceive, not from the reality of what existed. It wasn't that their issue was outer, it was inward. And the only way that you can resolve an inward problem, a spiritual problem, is that is handled by having close contact with God, a close encounter of the divine kind. So here we go. Number one, don't solve one problem by creating another. Number two, don't solve a short-term problem by creating a long-term problem. Number three, don't solve a problem by making it someone else's problem. Number four, don't solve problems by running. They'll eventually catch up to you. And number five, don't solve problems with uh, spiritual problems with natural solutions. Number six, the opposite's true. Don't solve natural problems with spiritual solutions. This is the old adage that I've said for years. Faith is never a substitute for wisdom. So if you're doing dumb naturally, believing God's not going to help. So if you're doing something that's just out of line, out of whack, it's bad. Let me illustrate it. If you have $1, don't spend $2.
See, if you have $1 and you spend $2, you have a problem. Now, that's not a spiritual problem. That's a natural problem. That's not faith. Hey, I need to believe God for money. That is wisdom. Don't spend more money than you have. The truth of the matter is, is that studies indicate that the average person for every extra dollar in increase they ever receive, they will spend a dollar twenty. So get this, for every dollar, they spend a fifth more. And what's going to happen is it's going to create a natural problem. And that's not a faith issue. That's a wisdom issue. So sometimes in life, there are natural problems. Literally, sometimes in relationships, there are people you have to love from a distance. Because up close, it's difficult. And so you're going to have to have the wisdom to create spacing. So in the same way that you can't resolve spiritual problems with natural solutions, number six, you can't solve natural problems with spiritual solutions. Whatever the problem is, you have to stay in that lane. So here we go. Six thoughts. Don't solve a problem by creating another one. Don't solve a problem by creating a long-term problem. Don't solve a problem by making it someone else's problem. Don't solve a problem by running because they'll eventually catch up to you. Don't solve spiritual problems with natural solutions. And number six, don't solve natural problems with spiritual solutions. Six ideas. These are six don'ts. I'm telling you, if you deal with people, you lead, you're going to run into these. Well, these are the first six. Next week, we'll deal with the next seven don'ts of problem solving. Again, if you'll do me a favor, go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. See all the resources, the books, uh, the various uh, flash drives of material that we possess on various subjects, and I think you'll find that helpful. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.